Welcome back to The Eater Upsell, a podcast from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm here with Eater's Editor-in-Chief, Amanda Clute. Hi, Dan. My Daniel Janine. And today we are talking with Rodney Scott, master, <laughs> master pit master, whole hog expert, uh, coming at us from South Carolina. What do we need to know about Rodney Scott before hearing this? I mean, Rodney Scott comes from a barbecue family. His family owned a grocery store that turned into a barbecue restaurant called Scott's Barbecue, where they make whole hog barbecue with a pepper vinegar sauce. Mm-hmm. And recently, in the last few years, he expanded to Charleston to open his own restaurant. Mm-hmm. And it's doing so well that he won a James Beard Award for his work just this year. Yeah, it, he's got a he's got a really cool story because he grew up doing one thing, whole hog cooking, and he has completely mastered it. And he's only recently kind of had exposure to the rest of the barbecue scene. And yeah, and, he and, will say that himself. He never tried other barbecue until like mm-hmm. 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, still thinks whole hog is the best, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Um, but is now in Charleston, is going to Birmingham, wants to conquer the world. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you to the whole world. see Rodney Scott Barbecue in your town, maybe get a, some merch, maybe there'll be a cookbook down the line. I don't know. I think there's a lot A in lot line in store for, for Rodney Scott. And, uh, you know, let's just get into it. Great. Here's Rodney Scott. So, Rodney Scott, welcome to the Upsell. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. We- Rodney and I spent a bunch of time yesterday. Uh, I don't know when this is going to come out, but... We shot a video together. Well, I wasn't in the video, but I helped mm-hmm. organize the video. And it took way too long. It took right? way too long. So Rodney and I probably spent six <laughs> hours together. Oh, <laughs> we will make this like efficient 12. then. It felt like 12? <laughs> well, this is going to feel like <laughs> 50 then. <laughs> we will make it super efficient yeah. to make up for yesterday. You're in town for the Big Apple Barbecue? Yes, I'm in town for the Big Apple Bar. Okay, awesome. Bar do you barbecue. do a lot of a lot of these? Not a ton, Traveling no. Traveling barbecue um, events? We do several events a year, maybe. Uh, mostly fundraisers like this one or some type of special event that may be close to some people we know. Cool. That's about mm-hmm. it. No competition stuff. For New York, we're going to do some uh, St. Louis cut ribs and coleslaw. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to do it with uh, my signature sauce mopped on the ribs. and We're just going to keep it simple, ribs and slaw. So you didn't want to drag the whole rig up here to do a Oh, we dragged hog. the whole oh, okay. rig. It, we got a 24-foot rig sitting <laughs> oh my God. on Madison Avenue just waiting. So we brought the big boy out. Amanda, I don't know if you know this, but Rodney has a, a 10-foot radius around him. And oh, yeah. every everything in that 10-foot radius, what is they just... Party, party, party. <laughs> yeah. Got to be positive. If you're negative, stay 20 feet away. Oh, I thought you turned all negative people positive. Yeah, I turn them if, if either <laughs> if or. You get, just turn them away. One or two. <laughs> if you're going to come in and stay in, you need to let me turn you or you need to go away. <laughs> yeah. But it's fun, 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 man. That's we got to have motto. fun. Any tips? On having fun? Yeah. Part, play the music, sing, dance to somebody, make them smile. <laughs> you know, what, what's got you down today? Yeah. Whatever it is, it'll pass. How is the energy in New York compared to like, Charleston, compared to like Birmingham? As far as the the people itself? Yeah, yeah, the, posi- the positivity. Cooking. Oh, it's all positive. That's why <laughs> I'm always in New all Yorkers of them. New Yorkers can be positive. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm not looking for New Yorker shade. I'm just curious. They know? are. They are positive. I mean, the, the people that I encounter, they're very positive. Because they're all eating yeah. your food. Yeah. I had one dude that was rude, and that was it. And he just reached around me without saying, excuse me. He came back a second time, but he said, excuse me, the second time. Oh, I was see, like, okay, great. Go. So you changed you him. You changed I him. <laughs> Gave him a positive energy. Cool. Well, I would love to back 
but start back up. back up. Start by having you explain to the listeners who don't know what whole hog whole hog barbecue is. Say it slow. Say it slow. <laughs> <laughs> whole hog barbecue is uh, pretty much the the slow cooking of the entire hog. Um, that's head on or maybe head off, but usually it's the entire animal still intact. And what are the sauces that you all use in your part of South Carolina? In my part of South Carolina, we use a vinegar and uh, pepper-based sauce, and that's the southeastern part of the state. And where else can people find whole hog? Wow. You can find whole hog in North Carolina, I'm sure. Um, You can find it in uh, the Midlands of South Carolina. Um, I've heard people in Tennessee do it quite a bit as well. So for people who aren't totally familiar with your story, you've legitimately been cooking whole hogs for your entire life. Is that fair to say? Yes, that's pretty fair to say. <laughs> How did it start? Like, I mean, the story is that you cooked your first whole hog when you were 11, 11. years old. Yes. But what was it like when you were six, seven, and eight? Like, were you ever carrying a hog and you couldn't no. lift it? No. <laughs> it was more of a sweep the floor, go get this type of thing. Yeah. But it was never hands-on like that when I was that age. But they kept me busy. <laughs> was it understood that you were an apprentice to do this thing? No. No, no, no. You had no done, idea. You could have done other things. I was a six-year-old bad kid that <laughs> ran around messing with everything and everybody. <laughs> What'd you mess with? Everything. I played with whatever, scrap iron. Yeah. You know, jump up on old cars, crawling across them. You know, just being a country kid. Can we hear that story? Like, what was it like when you really did your first whole hog at 11? Well, it started as a challenge. Um, I had an opportunity from to go for my dad yeah. to go to a basketball game. And he wasn't going to take me unless I did some work. And the only thing <laughs> to do that day was to cook one hog. And I didn't know the guy was watching me from behind the scenes to make sure I was doing it right. And mm-hmm. he told me what to do, and he turned away. And I kind of stayed there the, old, the whole day just firing the hog myself. Like messing with the coals and everything? Yeah. You picked up the, the wood and threw it in there, and you fired it up. But you've been watching for a long time, right? Yeah, I've been watching for a while. Yeah. I, I kind of understood what was going on, but wasn't uh-huh. positive. And what was it like when you when you opened it up and when you finally, when you tried your first? Your it first... was relieving. I didn't look at it. <laughs> I didn't look Did at you know it you as, do it? yeah, you know, it didn't, I didn't burn it because the way that we, I was taught you would fire it and you would peep under mm. with a flashlight. Mm-hmm. And I kept peeping to make sure I didn't burn anything. And when they flipped it over, I was like, good, I didn't burn it. I'm not in trouble. Mm-hmm. And all the same time, it was relieving because... Now I get to go to this game. Oh, you got to go to the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You bring some pork with you? No, I didn't. And we lost that night. Uh, the team lost that night. I, I didn't play. <laughs> and then when did you start full-time working at your parents' shop? My graduation night, 1989. Wow. I think it was May 5th, mm. 1989. I was 17. So after 11 years old, like, what was the next day? Did you do another one the next day? No, I didn't do uh, – the next day we didn't, we didn't cook that day. Right, right, right. Um, I had to help cut wood or whatever mm-hmm. chore that came about, feed the hogs, something like that. But it was never just cook, cook, cook every day. So you didn't have that like that conversation with your dad where he was where he was like, "You're gonna you're gonna take over this thing one day. You're gonna no. work." It wasn't it wasn't like that. It wasn't predetermined. No predetermination. Yeah. He just said, "I came out of graduation with my cap and gown on." He just said, "You got to be to work by 12. <laughs> I was so like, he knew. Got to be joking, man. You know, it's graduation night. I want to have fun. And yeah. I had to go to work. And 12 that night, like midnight? Yeah. yeah. Graduation was 6 and 
12. I so did you get like real dead. drunk at graduation and then show no, up? Wait, no, I was pissed. Your friends were like, come on, Ronnie. And you're like, okay. and then to make it worse, my yeah. car that I only had for a couple of months, the battery went dead and it wouldn't start. Same so you night. had to walk to work. <laughs> I had to borrow my mom's car that night. Yeah. And I was like, God, this is the start of a life. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. But I just figured out quickly that I got to make the best of whatever I'm doing while I'm at work. Mm-hmm. Did you think about going into other things? Oh, yeah. I wanted to go into auto body and repair. You know, I'm fascinated with vehicles. So mm-hmm. that, that was my thing. Didn't you guys at Scott's, didn't you guys do some auto body work? Yeah, way back in the day, we did the mechanic work. I okay. did a little mechanic work, and we used to sell gas way, way back. Then we stopped with the gas and the garage and started with the barbecue. As it, as it started to pick up? Yeah, as it started to pick up. We just canceled everything else out and went from there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Where did your parents learn? My dad learned from his great uncle. And my mom grew up on the farm, and a lot of farmers would take whole hogs at the harvest season to cook because they had hogs walking around the farm. It was inexpensive to kill one and and cook it yourself, and you could still feed everybody that helped with the farm. Mm. So Hmm. it was kind of a tradition in my area where everybody had a party where they would roast a hog for either the holidays or the harvest season. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So when when you were first working there and, and, you know, after graduation, show up at 12, when did it become the thing that you wanted to do and not just the thing that you were supposed to do? Shortly after or I remember, never. <laughs> it, 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 it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do all the time. Yeah. And I said, let me figure it out. I'm 17. I'm not even old enough to vote yet. I'll figure this thing out. And I think I was about 19 or 20, and I heard about supply and demand. <laughs> you know, you're going to eat regardless of your day, your situation. Chances are you're going to eat. And we're in the food business. I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make the best of this. And I did. I just found fun in everything that I could do around the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So you were like, food's going to be safe. No yeah. one, you know, cars might not last forever, but everyone is always going to need food's to gonna eat. Food's going to be there, man. <laughs> Food will food's like toilet there. paper. It ain't going barbecue nowhere. Barbecue will be delicious forever. <laughs> yes. Can you talk about the wood that goes into the barbecue that you do? I know that that's almost as important as the, the pig. The wood is very important to me. Um, we use oak wood and hickory wood, majority now. Majority oak now. Mm-hmm. Um, every now and again, we would get some pecan wood, and we would use that if we can get our hands on it. But hardwood is what is recommended because if you use something like pine wood, you're not going to get a good flavor. It's going to be nasty. Uh, it's just bitter. You don't want to do that. And you cut it all down yourself? Like I saw some video of oh, you man, like splitting, splitting some, some pecans. To. Man, <laughs> pre-big pre belly, I was <laughs> swinging axes and holding chainsaws just about every day of the week. And we used to cut it and haul it in and would cook the last part of the week. Hmm. So so what were your what were your 20s like now that you'd figured out supply and demand? What was, it, what was it like being there? My 20s were like, I got to figure out how to really make some money off of this, how to advance. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do or how to do it. So I said, well, let me just go day to day. Mm-hmm. Just try to figure this food thing out. Just make it good. Make it consistent. Try to improve with tiny goals, tiny steps at a time. And and that must have went on until I was at least 28, 29 years old, just mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to improve the next best thing around the restaurant or with the food. Mm-hmm. And I figured out how to make it better, how to make it juicier, and continuously learned along and along the way. What was your dad saying? 
Uh, he was gr- he was a little grumpy about some of the changes that I wanted to make, <laughs> yeah. and we would have to end up going right back to what he wanted. But well, I, like what? Like what? Like don't don't wait all day to get it done. Get it finished now. <laughs> like, well, let's 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 take it off when people can see it come off. And mm. also, you're doing some marketing. marketing. Yeah, I'm, I wanted to let it be known mm-hmm. because if you didn't see smoke, would you stop there and eat? Right. So that was a big question mark, and uh, I said. I want to make it look good all day. So those were the first early ideas you were bringing him. Like we need to do some marketing. We need those to. were the f- some of the first few market ideas. Yeah, which came the the light blue paint or the light blue building that you see associated with me. Uh, that color was so attractive to me, and yeah. I felt like if we put that color on the building because it was a dark color. Yeah, with white. I said, what if we put a light blue or Carolina blue, if you will, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. white. It would catch people's eye when they're passing, and maybe they'll stop. Oh, that's so funny because, like, if you look at the image of the shop, I think that, you know, I, I've never been there, but, like, when I see it, I'm like, oh, this thing was created in, like, the 1800s. Yeah, it's, yeah. like, it's old, old building. What, this is so real America. Mm-hmm. I need to get there. That was just your decision? The the blue, yeah. yeah. They gave me that opportunity to make the paint decision, and I said, I want light blue. No way. And they, did, did he freak out? No, he didn't. They looked at me like I was crazy, but I, I just had a good feeling that yeah. this might work. Was your because your mom works in the business too? Still, yes. right? Was she ever on your side, or did she always take your dad's side? Oh, she mostly she was on my side. Really? She said, "You better ask him." She's like, "We need to innovate." Yeah, because <laughs> I was trying to paint it myself, and that wasn't working. <laughs> wow, that wasn't working real good. Did you ever add to the menu? In Hemingway, no. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always wanted to kind of add to the menu, but mm-hmm. in Hemingway, the only thing that I I kind of introduced was the ribeye steak Mm. and we served it in a thick one inch slice and it was a tough sell we didn't always sell it because people were into the pork plus steak is it's hard to bite a steak through a sandwich with it one inch right so when i opened in charleston my partner said why don't we make it like a Mm. (laughs) cheesesteak oh my god (laughs) that's a good sandwich (laughs) so um so up until about like 2010, you were really working there yes. every day, every day, every day, every day. Nonstop, uh, cutting wood part of the week, cooking the other part of the week, mm-hmm. um, maybe splitting wood at the end of the week while we're cooking. You know, it was constant work. And um, it was just a, a idled spot for me, if you will. It was just quiet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always wanted to grow, travel, and do better. The opportunity came along to do wine and food in Charleston, and I did it. That was the first thing you did. First thing the, I did away from the home. event, like the yeah. festival. Yep that that event was was amazing. And did that open your eyes to Charleston it as a city? Everything. <laughs> that um, one event was a serious turning that point for one you. One event was the turning point. Yeah. How did that all come together? Um, that came together through the Southern Foodways Alliance. Right. John T. Edge. Yeah. Introduced me to Nick Bacchus, and Nick's restaurant hosted the dinner. Mm-hmm. So they invited me to come cook for the dinner, do the whole hog right there on the street in Charleston. We did, and we caught the attention of people like Mr. Mike Mills sure. um, and, and several other foodies around the city as well as around the United States. They were impressed. And then did the opportunity come to you to open a place there, or is this just something that you started thinking about in 2010? That opportunity didn't come immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, it was suggested to me by Nick a little while later. and Of course, I denied it. You know, small town country boy. I don't right. want to get out there and get lost. And he mentioned it to me again, and I hesitated again. And the third time he mentioned it, you know, I said, "What the hell? Let's do it." <laughs> Persistence wins out. Yeah, and, and we did it. So, what was the first 
barbecue that you tried that wasn't that wasn't South Carolina style? The vinegar pepper. Yeah. Um, it was a mustard based barbecue. I can't remember the name of the little spot, but somebody brought some to me to taste it. And this is what year? This was, this was golly, this was 2010, I think. Yeah. yeah. It had been 2010, and I found out it was different. And then I tasted Jim and Nick's barbecue. Right. And I was like, okay, wow, this is different, and it's good. Mm-hmm. What did you say about the mustard stuff? The, I, I didn't understand the mustard yeah. at the time because <laughs> it wasn't happening for me. Right. And the way that this guy had it, it was like a whole bunch of mustard with black pepper in it, and it just wasn't appealing mm-hmm. to me. And I tried some more mustard-based sauces that were a little better to me than the ones I first tried. Mm-hmm. But um, I prefer the vinegar over the two if I had a choice. 2016, when Nick finally convinced you to open. Can we give context to who Nick is? Oh, too? yeah, of course. He's- oh, Nick Pahakis is my uh, business partner and great friend. He's the best man at my wedding. <laughs> I mean, this guy have a relationship that goes way beyond any business. He was at the video shoot yesterday. Nice. Yeah, he just was there. <laughs> so, Nick, Nick is uh, very close, and, and, and we talk just every day. Yeah. You know, there's always either personal, business, whatever. We always communicate. He's, uh, he's a great dude. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's more than just about the business itself. Right. So he finally convinced you. He finally convinced me, and, and he said, just think about it. And if you know Nick, he would say, just, just, just think about it. Just, 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 just don't answer now. Just think about it. <laughs> and before he could hang up, I was like, let's do it. Yeah. And what was your hesitation at first? Just, you know, wanting to know how would it change as far as operations? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How would it change as far as quantity, you know, location? How would it change me as a human being? Would I have to leave this town? Mm-hmm. Would I stay where I am? Would I travel back and forth? And then all of a sudden I said, you know what? We're going to swing for the fence. Let's go ahead and do it. Yeah. And what did you decide about all those questions? Like, do you split your time between the two places? N- my my mom and dad took back over the, the business in Hemingway, and that gave me freedom to go and do whatever I needed to do in Charleston. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to worry about what was being done, how it was being done in Hemingway. I just went to Charleston and got set up and got going. Mm. And what did they say when you when you finally made the decision? My mom said, go ahead, baby. <laughs> That's what she told me, and, yeah. and I did. And this menu is more is a little more broad, right? This menu is definitely a little, little broader than the one in Hemingway. Um, we got all the backyard basics when you would come to a barbecue. Why did you open Rodney Scott's instead of Scott's? It was, it was being known as Rodney of Scott's Barbecue all the time. And people recognize Rodney and not Scott's Barbecue. And I said, you know... How should we do this? Right. And because my dad started the original one, right. Let's let's go ahead and start my own. Mm-hmm. So we would lay we will label it Rodney Scott's Barbecue, and I agreed. I was like, good. He keeps his name. He stays. He owns it, and I have my own. Oh, so he still so he owns Scott's. No. <laughs> but just leaving that name there, yeah, kind of gives, gives him, him a yeah type of ownership yeah. over it. <laughs> yeah. And how is how is Rodney Scott, the 2018 businessman, different than Rodney Scott, 2015, up in Hemingway? Oh, man. Rodney Scott, 2015 in Hemingway versus businessman now in 18? Yeah. Totally different. Um, I'm not in the pits sweating and running out, paying bills, and running back in the pits back and forth. I'm a lot more organized now 
Um, I have a lot more people in place now, uh, a lot more staff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a little different. It's still busy. It's still work, but it's it's a little different than what it was in Hemingway. What were some of the challenges that you weren't expecting in opening in Charleston? Oh, my God, staffing. Oh, yeah. Because you had to people, totally learn that oh, from man. the ground up, right? Oh, from the ground up. Still learning. Um, I'll never stop learning. Yeah. Uh, getting people in who believe and understand in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, getting people in that really want to work. And also getting people in there that want to learn and follow directions and not go astray and create or experiment on their own. So just the staffing and supervising people to do something that you're used to doing all your life and not knowing how to train them correctly, you have to be careful and slowly walk them through it. Because I told them, fire the hog, make sure the temperature's around this temperature because I never work with gauges. Mm -hmm. So I had to train them all over again to follow the gauges, the temperatures, when to fire, how to shake the coals out, all Mm -hmm. of that. So. Training staff in, in staffing period has been my biggest challenge. Do you but. believe that the the perfection that you found not using those things can be translated into recipes? Definitely. Um, yeah. We did that. Uh, my sauce didn't have a written recipe until, I want to say, three, four months or so before we opened. And I had to learn how to make it all over again. And now I've got that recipe locked down. I can put it there. And have it made and it still be consistent. We could make it. Yes, you can make it. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you, but. You <laughs> <it>. <laughs> not going to share it. Today's episode of The Upsell is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash eat. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash eat. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-A-T, ZipRecruiter.com slash eat. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And now at this point, are you comfortable with what's in place in Charleston? Like, can you walk away? Like, you're, you're now opening another place. Are you confident with what's going on there i'll never be confident enough to just walk away um i I like to always engage Mm -hmm. check in on staff check in on the food everything the whole entire restaurant Mm -hmm. especially the consumer um just before i came here i was on the phone (laughs) talking to the restaurant making sure everything is in place and uh yes i feel good with the staff doing their job because overall they're pretty consistent and they're doing what they're supposed to but I'll never just walk away. I feel good walking away for a day or two, an hour or two, but I always have to go back. How are you checking in on the consumers? I pull up the cameras. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I are you looking my, for smiley, smiling <laughs> yeah. faces? I keep my ears to the ground. I, I watch the body language of how they're eating. 
Because people will put food in their mouth, and if you pay attention, they'll bob their heads like, okay, <laughs> and there'll be nobody <laughs> around stop them. Stop talking, yeah. You know, they, they approve. And then they'll put food in their mouth, and they'll take their head and throw it to the side like, you know, yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and they dig back in. So I, I watch that, and I watch how trays are being disposed of. If mm-hmm. the trays are empty, we're doing okay. If we get four or five trays with the same thing coming back, we need to check that product. Oh, shoot. You yeah. see that sometimes and you'll call it in? Oh, I bust tables and I check on people regularly. Right. Um, if I'm home, I, I'm there Run hands there. on. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's always making sure the consumer's okay. And so you are going to expand again. You're going to Birmingham. Yes, we're going to Birmingham. What made you pick Birmingham and, and how are you going to tackle that challenge? I've been to Birmingham quite a few times and saw how the city was growing and how it was still a southern city with that southern charm. Big, but seemingly small with that mm-hmm. southern charm. And I said, if I had an opportunity to open anywhere, I'd be somewhere like this. Never thought Birmingham opportunity would come about, but it did. <laughs> I jumped right on it. And as far as travel, not a big deal. Um, five hours, maybe. Six hour drive. Okay, Blast some music. Yeah. yeah, music's gonna be rolling, you know it. <laughs> and, um, short flight. When does know. this open? Um, if we could tomorrow, <laughs> but uh, hopefully by the end of the year, early okay. next year, we hope to have that ball rolling and done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're you're trying to spread spread love through Whole Hog all over the country, right? In the world, man, the world. <laughs> Would you have locations everywhere if you could? If I could, yes. Why not? You know, just <laughs> spread it all over. But why? But why not? Like, why? What's stopping you from opening in New York tomorrow and Chicago next week? I hadn't found a building here yet. <laughs> Maybe this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I'll set up shop in the park this weekend, and we'll go from there. So it's really the space. The space is the most is the biggest. The space is very important, yeah. as well as the people around you. You you want the residents and the neighbors to be comfortable with what you're bringing, which you is know, a lot of fire. Yeah, a lot of fire, mm-hmm. smoke, you know, mm-hmm. and of course the tunes because the music's gonna be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, we want them to be comfortable with us being in their neighborhood. If you could pick an ideal third city, what would it be? New York. Oh, nice. I don't think Can we have that? Can you hear that, New York? So big news for you this year. You're now a friggin' James Beard Award winner. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Was that a surprise to you? A super surprise. Yeah. Um, I still have to go back sometimes and look at the pictures to believe it. You know? And the medal. And the medal, yeah. Um, Did you wear it the next day? I wore it the next day. Yeah. <laughs> All the way home. Uh, I was walking through the airport. People were pointing and giving me the thumbs up because yeah. they were recognizing the medal. Oh, oh shit. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, there were several people that recognized the medal on the yeah. way through the airport. So it was, it, was, it was amazing. Has it changed business at all? It changed business dramatically. Wow. Like overnight. Yeah. The, right after the announcements, we weren't closed. And my manager told me that people were calling for reservations. Oh, my God. That like, night. was a reservation. <laughs> like, we, don't, <laughs> we don't take reservations. <laughs> just show up. You know? How much is your tasting menu? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it picked up business a lot. Mm-hmm. It's been great. Is it just tell you anything about the way that the, that the world sees uh, barbecue? Yeah. Um, it says a lot that everybody's recognizing that food is food. It's just different styles, kind of mm-hmm. like the sauces. You know, you you want what you want, but here's a variety of what you can choose from. And uh, I felt like it was a big plus for the barbecue world for us to be recognized again with this prestigious award. I mean, James Beard, this is huge. Mm -hmm. 
and the barbecue guys are like pumped that there's opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one guy called me and told me, he says, I'm inspired. I'm going to get my paperwork so that I can legally open up my barbecue pit. Oh, that's barbecue awesome. pit. So that's a plus. Yeah. That's a big award, too, for somebody to be inspired by what you're doing. So yeah, barbe- to realize that it's at this new respected level. Yeah, it's totally respected. And, and, we, and I, I think I speak for the barbecue world when I say this. We appreciate that because fine cuisine is always what people expect a change period winner to have. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have had any idea that this movement kind of was coming, no, right? No idea. No idea. Um, I went to the ceremony for the Beard Awards, I think, in 2013. Yeah. I went with Ashley Christensen and some more friends, and I enjoyed it. I was like, this is a big night. Yeah. I wonder what it's like to walk up on that stage and <laughs> but, see everybody. Yeah. At that point, did you not feel like part of that world? You just kind of felt like a, a friend? I, I felt like a cheerleader, yeah. I yeah. felt more like a cheerleader mm-hmm. in, the, in, in the whole ceremony and how good it was and all of the right. people that were there and all of the food people that we knew yeah. that were there. And, and I said, wow, this is great. I like this. Mm-hmm. But it escaped my mind, you know, a couple weeks later. It's like, okay. That was great. Right. I enjoyed right. Back it. Back to work. Back to work. Any positive messages you'd like to like to leave with? Every day is a good day. Every day is a good day. Written Every right day on is your a shirt. Good day. Written on the shirt. Maybe Every day someday you'll day. be able to buy this shirt at the well. Rodney Scott swag store. <laughs> Hopefully soon. Hopefully you love you, wait, you do love clothes though, right? Yeah, I do love clothes. So you do love clothes, but you're always wearing a Rodney Scott shirt. That's the best brand I've ever encountered. <laughs> <laughs> I love but what, that. <laughs> so you never buy any t-shirts? Like you just love pants or shoes? Well, mostly uh I'll buy jeans. Yeah. And uh I do wear mostly Rodney Scott t-shirts. Right. And I also wear other barbecue guys T-shirts, oh, okay. hats, um, and Pumas. Wow! Yeah, I mean, are they sponsoring you? No, Puma. You can. <laughs> Puma, are you listening? <laughs> You're gonna get famous <laughs> pitmaster here. Yeah, Send him some I'll shoes. Pumas. Oh, they take me back to high school. Mm. And I always wanted suede pumas. <laughs> oh and back then, you only get one, maybe two pairs of shoes, right. With your own money. Mm-hmm. So when I had my Pumas, I was like, yeah, that's it. This is what I want. So now that I know how to find them, mm-hmm. I bet. Man, my history of, of buying Pumas is pretty long. <laughs> <laughs> Living the dream. How many, the many, how many you got now? Right now, decent shoes. Yeah. Uh, blue, red, <laughs> But all Pumas. Blue, blue, but yeah, brown. I think I got about five pairs right now that are decent. <laughs> the rest of them are either worn out or about to get thrown mm-hmm. away. But, what size are you? Nine. Ah. All right, Puma. Yeah. Listen up. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll make you some Rodney Scott shirts, too. Why not? They gave Clyde Frazier a contract with Puma. So yeah. I mean, they could. Why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Same I level mean, of. Yeah. That, that's Same my level world. of mastery. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you so much for making the time you. on your busy trip. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's my pleasure. Thank you all for having me. We're excited to try your barbecue tomorrow mm-hmm. at the festival and in Charleston. Please and soon through. Birmingham by the Birmingham, end of this year. Yes, definitely. Where do you want people to find you online if they're looking? If you're looking for me, you can find me online at Rodney at RodneyScottsBarbecue.com. Oh, BBQ. email. Com. Yes, the email. Oh, if they want to just yes, email you. Okay. Direct. You can email me direct. I'll, I'll answer. Um, 
Or you can come to Charleston. Or just go to Charleston. Come to Charleston, hello. 1011 yeah. King Street. He might be Charleston, busting your table. Yeah, yeah, I will bust your table. Food on don't your... leave food on your plate or he'll feel bad. <laughs> or he's going to come back and yeah. fix the collards or something, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if your food's not right, let me know. Don't walk away. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you all. Uh, so that was Rodney Scott. Yeah, it sure was. I really want a T-shirt. I really want some food. I'm, I mean, when you guys hear this, the Big Apple Barbecue will be over. But, <laughs> Sorry, oops. next year. But um, hopefully you can all get down to Charleston or Hemingway to try his food. It's really cool to hear from someone who who has been doing a thing for their whole life and then, like, it's now becoming cool in, like, the last... Yeah, not beca- not it's cool. now becoming prestigious, though. Yeah, it's now becoming... Like, people a- have loved barbecue for generations and generations, right. but now you actually might get written about in a magazine or interviewed yeah. on a show about yeah. it where that would be unheard of like 50 years ago. Right. And he's... He's living it up. And he's like, this is awesome. I'm so going to open more shops. <laughs> yeah, he's like, why not? Give me 50 stores. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of The Upsell. If you'd like to hear more, make sure to subscribe to the show and tell a food friend about it. Send it in a text message, perhaps. That's like I like to. That's a good assignment. For I like to share someone. share it, you know, in iMessage, mm-hmm. and you get that nice little play button, and then you just play it. It's great. I don't even know how to do that. Really? Yeah. Well, my assignment for the week is to show you how to text <laughs> a pod to someone. All right. Really? Great. How have you been sending our podcast to all your friends? I just like tell people, hey. Listen to the upsell. You can find it in the iTunes. And store. they're like, "Yeah, I've been listening. <laughs> like, I'm your My friend. favorite I episode listen. is the food I love one." Dan, <laughs> why does who's he that bo- guy? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Does he really put butter in his coffee? I knew it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do not anymore. No, thanks. he does, and it's great. You're open-minded. I love that about you. Aw, thanks. Um, and. If you have any questions for us, send them to upsell at eater.com. Yeah, we're open-minded. We'll see you next week. Dan is Bye. This episode of the Eater Upsell was recorded in the Vox Media Studios in New York, New York. Vox Media's audio guru is Miles Ewell. Carrie Clements handles all of our bookings. And our exec producer is Morton Joe Known Fitzgerald. <laughs>